All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers, what the fuck buddies, what the fucking ears? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast. Welcome to it. How's everybody faring today, Thursday, if you're listening to this on the day it was dropped, two days after Election Day. I'm recording this on Wednesday afternoon, and I'm not, honestly, I, I only know that it didn't go as bad as was anticipated. That's what I know. That's the best we can hope for. We did not defeat fascism. We did not uh, necessarily change the minds of many, but people showed up, voted their hearts, and it was not as bad as we thought it was going to be. So problems remain, obviously, but something's been lifted. I'm not, uh, I'm not giving up the good fight. I'm just... Uh, putting it into perspective. I'm just contextualizing it in line with my particular life and trying to see what I do and what I don't do that could be better in light of it. But I'm not I'm I'm done with fucking the dread. I am so fucking done with dread. And it's a choice. It's a fucking choice. If you want if you get juice from fear, then, you know, that's your thing. If it's a choice you're making because you want to, then okay. But if it's just be a default setting on your particular broken vessel, then, I mean, you should probably assess it. Who knows how long this will last? Look, it might have something to do with the fact it rained here. That could be all this is. I could just be happy that it fucking rained for three days in Los Angeles and everything doesn't look like it's going to catch on fire or die. Maybe that's helping me. Maybe this is all a just a personal false flag of me having some better perspective or acceptance around something. Maybe this is just, hey, it rained, and what a relief. What a relief to go outside after three days of rain in this fucking desert hellhole and take a hike and breathe that cool, clean air and look out over the city of L.A. from the mountain out here on the east side and see all the way to the fucking ocean and just be like, this ain't so bad. Look at this amazing place. Look at this sprawling, beautiful city that's not on fire and doesn't look crispy and doesn't look like everything's about to die. Maybe that's all that's going on, but I don't think so. I didn't feel compelled. I didn't feel compelled to watch the results at the edge of my seat like some sort of fucking speedball. It's out of my control. And I'm glad it wasn't terrifying. Quinta Brunson is here. She's the creator, executive producer, writer, and star of Abbott Elementary. She just won an Emmy for her writing on the show. Uh, we talked about where she comes from in West Philadelphia and how that's a straight line to making the show uh, and a lot of other things. And it's a huge surprise hit on ABC. And it was tremendous talking to her. So get excited. All right, is everybody making Thanksgiving plans? Is everybody making Christmas plans? What's happening? Where are you at? All I know is I've been touring like a motherfucker, and I have been out in it, doing the work, and come December 8th, on that day when I tape my HBO special, and I do both of those shows, I am done for a while. And I'm going to regroup and rethink my life and just... I'm looking forward to, to December, to the holiday season. I am. Only because I will actually not have to do anything. On Thanksgiving, I usually go down to Florida. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stay in town, go to my friend's house with Kit, and probably cook. 
I usually go down to Florida, but just couldn't pull it off. They didn't need me to cook this year. So uh, just to fly down there for a day and fly back on those two days, the busiest days of the year, couldn't do it. I'll go see my mother in between gigs uh, when I'm on the East Coast in the South. That'll be nice. It'll be more focused. Just two days with my mother, wondering why we, uh, <laughs> we took all that time. No, it'll be nice. You know, I'm, I'm happy that they're both still around. I got to go figure out when to see my dad. But um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out what to cook. I love thinking about what to cook. I'm going to, a turkey's being taken care of. I can do the stuffing. I'm going to do a chest pie. And there was talk of a brisket. Talk of a barbecued brisket on Thanksgiving. Is that even allowed? I got to be honest with you. Uh, talking to Quinta Brunson was kind of great. She's a, a very impressive person. She's got a great mind. And it was one of those conversations about a life that kind of unfolded in a way where everything fell into place. But there were key decisions being made by a strong-willed person, who, which I wasn't, uh, certainly at her age, to know to, to, to sort of not do things and to do things that led her to where she was at. There's no luck involved. It was it was pure focus and pure skill and pure talent and timing, but it was really uh, a, a great conversation. And Abbott Elementary is currently in season two on ABC. Uh, you can watch past episodes on Hulu. And uh, this is our conversation. I never met, met her before, and it kind of got it kind of got going. I think she was a little she she didn't feel confident about doing these things up front at the top but we eased into it it was great this is me talking to uh quinta brunson what makes you anxious about a podcast too much talking too much too much (laughs) really too much room to tell too many truths and get in trouble oh so it's uh you're a little paranoid Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. Has that happened? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Yeah, I know, but like, I, I guess, I guess, you know, it's hard, and I've noticed it's harder for women who are scrutinized differently and more. Mm-hmm. That you know, there, there's just people looking for to reframe anything anybody says. And then it's just like becomes this quick bait. And even if it's nothing. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you want to go? You just want to yeah, leave? Sure. You're ready to go? Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> tough. But Have you had enough? It's tough. Are you in the middle of it? You're, that's, is that why we're doing this on a Saturday? You're middle of production? Where are you at? Yes. What, you know, like what episode are you on? We are currently filming. Epi- Wait, are, is this, are we started? Yeah. Okay, we started. Okay. We are currently filming episode. Yeah. 213. We just wrapped 213. We're going into 214. Oh, so you're almost week. done? No, we have uh, it's 22 episodes this season. So, wow, so you do it old school. Yeah, old school network TV. 22 episodes. 22 episodes. How many do you guys have written at any given point in time? We're pretty far ahead because yeah. it, which are. The producers, yeah. and, you know, we've worked out a system so that we were really far ahead so that I got to see most of the season before I started filming. Yeah. So we have what episode 218 just got written. But yeah. We're in the middle. We just finished sh- 214. shooting 213. 
And uh, we have 219 outlined the story of 220. Yeah. And the ideas for the other ones already, like, formed. So you figured out, do you know the whole arc when you start, basically? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I did for the second season, at least. I knew where I wanted um, each character to end up. I knew about, like, our mini arcs and knew about kind of where I wanted episodes that were less... uh, integral yeah. like things that were more fun yeah. so yeah it feels it's helpful to know a lot of what you want it to look like so we're just kind of following and is it, is it all you and the thinking uh, initially um at the beginning how many how big the, of a writing staff you have so we have 12 That's, in total right um if i include the writers PA, mm-hmm. if i do which he, i do he's great yeah um but I definitely come in already knowing what I want the season to look like. Yeah. So I knew I wanted like a charter school arc in this season. I knew where I wanted the Janine character to wind up. What, you like you're going to be competing with a charter school? We've um, set up so far that there's just a charter school in the neighborhood. It's kind of like (laughs) the big bad this season. Uh So that was something I knew I wanted. Um but I knew I wanted specific episodes. Like yeah. we have an episode about an egg drop. I really wanted an egg drop episode. <laughs> I just uh, what is that? that? Cool. Egg drop? Yeah. When kids put the egg in a little basket, yeah, they have to build something strong enough to keep an egg from breaking and oh, from right. falling yeah. from. A... Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> you yeah. never did that in school. I, you know, I don't uh, have any recollection of partaking it. in school. I understand. <laughs> I get that. Do you? I do. I'm getting to the age now of. Uh, like, like, was that was that oh seven or was that? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Was that twenty ten? I'm like, I can't yeah. believe I'm there already. And my. So wait, how old are you? I'm thirty two. Well, yeah. So it's weird that you're generate. So you're like, uh, would you call you? You're a millennial, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that whole generation is now growing up, mm-hmm. and this is your audience. Yeah. They have families growing up if they choose to. Right. It's a generation that can very much make a choice to grow up or Wait, stay that, that, stunted. If believe they want me, to. I, it happens in any generation. Really? Yeah. Have you ever? Have you met many sixty-year-old men? That's true. <laughs> yeah. You're right. You're right. Um, I think the responsibilities may have been different. It was a different social climate when I yeah. grew up. But yeah. uh, look at me. I'm. Uh, you know, I've got no kids. I didn't do it right. Yeah. You know, I'm just this mm. comedian. Mm-hmm. You know, talking to people or, in my garage. Or did you? Well, I, <laughs> look, I defend that all the time. You know, t- uh, but yeah. today, or the last couple of days, I'm sort of like, wow, I really fucked it up. No way. <laughs> in as some a, days. As a married person, yeah. I'm always like, I fully support my single friends. Sure. I fully support someone's yeah. being single Oh, forever. I tried being married twice. Oh, you did? Are yeah, you yeah. attempted? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, you know, I, I don't have kids, and I, I had a couple marriages, but... Um, mm. I think, you know, I guess we're all a little, you know, we're, no one's perfect. How long have you been married? Only a year and some change. Yeah? What's yeah. the big plan? You're going to have kids? <laughs> What's the big plan? <laughs> I, want, I want to, but I don't know when. Yeah? I don't know when I'm going to have kids. When you can find the time? Seriously. I know. And that shit is hard. Like, yeah. everyone I know with a kid, that's a whole, ge- that's a game changer. Yeah. It's a game changer. <laughs> <laughs> And I do want one, but I also love the freedom of not. It's funny. I, I don't know. I don't know if you're ready if you're calling them game changers. I know. That's why I know I'm not ready. And I like sometimes I go out and I'm like, yeah, it's crazy. I wouldn't be able to just like go to Granville. Yeah. If I had a child. Yeah. I could, but I'd have to be like, oh, I got a babysitter. I have to take it with me. Yeah. I have to put it in a seat. Where's your family? Philadelphia. Mm. 
Yeah. Too far to drop him off at the at the at grandparents at your yeah. mom's. And I'm like, oh, I have to get a nanny. And I'm like, that means I have to be like really rich. That sucks. It's just so well, many things. That where might I'm happen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Seems like you're on the right path. But then it's you're on the nanny path. But then it's a change, and it's like, well, now I have to keep making money because now I have this kid. I have to. Take you got feed of. that. Yeah. Yeah. It increases your nut with a living right. thing. Right now, I have the freedom to go bankrupt. But if I have a kid, I don't have that freedom. Oh, the pressure's on. Yeah, it's all you got to work for that kid. Yeah. Well, you got it all figured out. You've got it. You understand <laughs> the the options. Yeah. Yeah. Philly. Yeah. I like Philly. Do yeah, you? Yeah, I love Philly. I wish I could live there. Maybe you will be able to. Yeah. This I I don't think we're I don't think LA is long for you know. Mm-hmm. Where are you from? I grew up in New Mexico. My family's from Jersey though, but New oh, Mexico. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wild. Yeah, Albuquerque. It's not my podcast, but what was that like? I'm just so curious. In Albuquerque? Yeah. Well, only, my only reference point is High School Musical was uh, filmed in New Mexico. That's it. That's so is Breaking Bad. Oh. All two. of it. Yeah, I mean, they film a lot of stuff there, but that yeah. was long after I left. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like New Mexico. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was a. It's a little. It's kind of a rough town, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it was a nice place to grow up because it was uh, certainly not a big city, but big enough to feel like you were, you know, in a city. But yeah. pretty, pretty towny. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I'm gonna go there one day. Are you? Well, you're gonna shoot something there. You're yeah. gonna shoot your big movie. <laughs> what is this plan you have? <laughs> It's, a, it's just a feeling I have. I'm tired as hell. <laughs> you must be. I am, yeah. So I think it's kind of interesting that it you came up in, uh, you know, in, in a business that I know nothing about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I pay lip service to, you know, people on YouTube or people who make oh, the their break. Yeah. Well, I understand the internet. Uh-huh. But like when I was coming up, you know, network sitcoms were still something you got a pilot for. And, you know, but there was only one avenue in. They saw you do stand up. You pitched an idea uh-huh. and then you got your money. Yep. But you came up totally differently. Yeah. And you succeeded at that. There's only a few of you that seem to have come up through the channels that you came up in to really land real show business success. Mm-hmm. Isn't that right? Um, yeah, I think for me, yeah. the internet just felt like another stage. Yeah. Because despite my career, I was actually quite anti-internet as far as advancing in my career like really? i thought yeah when i i looked down on youtube i oh so you're old enough to do that yes i was like right youtubers are the worst i was like youtube is the bottom of the barrel i sure. didn't want to i, I didn't want to have like a, i didn't want to be a youtuber i was like that's not um they're not doing anything but i did understand that eventually it was another stage and right. i started using it but at the same time that was like when I started using the internet, yeah. I was just making stuff for my friends. Yeah. But the inclination wasn't to have it, you know. Break. Break. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, yeah. I started doing stand-up and I was doing improv. Oh, really? Because I felt that's where the right, real. That's, a, that's where it happens. That's where it happens. So wait, how did you come up though? Like, so did you start in, like, what how, What was your family life like? Uh, So in Philly, yeah. I uh, grew up. In, in Philly, and like I just went to you know regular old public school. And How many stuff. kids? Five of us, and I'm the last one. That's all oh, right. That's why you're named mm-hmm. five. Yep, and <laughs> that's why. And then which I love the freedom yeah. in that. And my brothers and sisters, their name are like Prince of Africa. Or like oh um, really? 
the joy of God. And my name is just like a number. <laughs> Five. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, yeah. They Freedom. Were, you're the, are you the last one? Yeah, I'm the last one. Um, and then uh, I went to school for... Uh, broadcast telecommunications. I don't know why that in would... college or, or in college. Oh, but like when you're growing up with five siblings and you're the youngest one. Mm-hmm. I mean that like uh, what they all end up doing. Were you like my oldest like, sister? A lot of hand me downs and like uh, that kind of shit. Kinda, yeah. yeah. They were so far away from me. That oh, age wise, age wise, my really? closest sibling is eight years away. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. So you were like alone. In a way, I kind of was like this weird only child, but had these older siblings I was super close to in very unique ways. Like my oldest sister, she did my hair. She owns hair salons. Oh, really? How old is she? Gia is 45. Wow. Yeah, 45. And my other sister, Kiana, she braided my hair. So I was always... And they all had different... Comedy was definitely the way in with them, and they all had different senses of humor. Everyone was a comedy fan? Everyone was a comedy fan. Folks, too? Yeah. But... For them, it was the old, like the Andy Griffith show, and um, oh yeah, yeah, and like they always showed me black and white, yeah. black and white shows, uh, right? The show called The Real McCoys that my mom loved. It oh was, my like, god, fifties and stuff like that. I got from them, Mary Tyler Moore, uh, you know, all of that, and then my oldest sister, yeah, she loved. Well, everyone loved Martin, but she loved like specifically Martin. And in Living Color, my other sister, Kiana, she loved like Conan and Friends. And so I got that late night, the late night right. talk show host and, and Friends kind of came from her. Then my mom and dad also loved Frasier. What'd they do, your folks? My mom was a teacher. Yeah. And my dad managed parking lots. Yeah. In uh, Philly. In Philly. Yep. A teacher of at what age? Kindergartners. Like... Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's nice. Yeah, it's really nice. And yeah, my dad just managed parking lots, but they both had had background in in the arts. My mom was a dancer, and my dad was like a gymnast. And you know, a gymnast, and, yeah, he was a full blown gymnast and acrobat, and like was in the circus. He was in the circus. <laughs> yes, he has eight brothers. And are they, they all circus family? They were at a point like they all tumbled in a circus <laughs> together, which is so funny to me. I think it's hilarious, but that's yeah, great. Isn't that cool? What circus? There's only a couple. Was it, it Barnum was, and Bailey? I think or it was Barnum and Big Bailey. Apple. It was Barnum and Bailey. Yeah, Barnum. Did and they Bailey. have like a name, like the Tumbling? <laughs> you know what? I never asked him. I should have asked him that. The Tumbling Brunsons. I'm gonna. Ask, I never asked him. Oh, this is a way to make money, you know, if you could. Sure, man. It's yeah. like vaudeville or something, but yeah. it's pretty specific. I know. Because if there was eight of them and they're all tumbling, that was like, that had to be a big top attraction. Like they I just wonder... came out one after the other and yeah. started doing the flips. I think it was like maybe only three of them oh. that were in the, yeah, because they Were your grandparents they... circus people? No. Oh. And I know, my, I only had one gra- living grandparent oh, yeah. most of my life, so I didn't really know them like that. But mm. no, I think hmm. it was just some way to make money. <laughs> like, a tumbler. Yeah. Wow. That's so, uh, mm-hmm. are there pictures of the crew that up on the wall or anything? Or is it just part of his past? It's part of his past. Just a circus tumbler past. You know? Yeah. But yeah. Show business, though. Our family doesn't take enough pictures. I'm starting to realize I do not take enough. I don't take hardly any. I take really? some of myself, but you know what I mean? You do? Well, yeah. Who else am I going to take pictures of? It's me and my cats. <laughs> You know, what am I supposed to do? I mean, I think if you have a family, yeah, you maybe you take pictures of them. Yet another yeah. incentive for the pro baby, pro baby uh, movement. Yeah, yeah. I saw, I need to take pictures more. I was like, I, was, I miss. There's, I don't have uh, so photographic evidence. I know. 
<laughs> and I don't take selfies anymore. Which you don't? Is I'm it, not mad at that. Did you, is that over? I think yeah. that's over for me. There are like no pictures of myself on my phone. I see myself. It's like enough. I don't need yeah. to also take uh-huh. selfies. Um, I guess that's true. You're like yeah. you're the star of your own show. It's a lot. <laughs> and editing. It's like, okay, I get it. So wait. So now, did I read that you guys were Jehovah's Witnesses? We were. And yes. what what does that entail? Is that the one where you can't, you can't dance? The one? <laughs> yes. The whole religion is the town and Footloose. No, you can dance. They okay. actually love to dance. They all love to. I'm sorry. Was, I mean, I'm not trying to be flip. I'm, no, it's I, it's funny. It's just one of, the, it's it's one of those religions where, you know, I've gotten the magazine occasionally. Very, sh- yes. Yeah. Yep. The, what is it? The Watchtower. The, yeah, the Watchtower yeah. magazine. Yep. And everybody seems very pleasant. Yeah, it's a very pleasant religion very strict though it's a really really strict religion so they Around don't celebrate what? celebrate holidays oh, right. they don't right. celebrate so you can dance i don't know why i got that confused with no dancing because it you know in a lot of ways it kind of same it implies yeah. that but it's funny because they actually love to dance they love to party they do but it's just like you know religion restricted partying oh so it's it's only jesus partying no, but like at weddings, they go yeah. hard, you know, because oh, really? like, yeah. that's one of the few things you get to do is weddings is uh, that's when you can let loose. Yeah. Watch people get a little too drunk. You're like, oh, yeah. look at you. <laughs> um, but yeah, parents are still Jehovah's Witnesses. I'm not. But uh, how do you how do you uh, opt out? How do you, <laughs> how do you opt out? I eventually was like, hey, this isn't working anymore. I had to break up with the religion. I was like, what I want to be and what I want to do doesn't work with this anymore. So, huh? Do you remember the the moment and what you were doing? I think I just couldn't keep like lying to my mom. I'm very honest with mm. her, and I wanted to be honest in telling her that I don't. This is not a one foot in, one foot out. Like both feet are yeah. fully out, and I need to let you know that I'm not. A member of this religion anymore and I'm sorry yeah. that might break your heart but I want us to be able to be good and yeah. honest with each other I don't want to lie to you so to move forward I need to tell you that I don't want to be in this religion anymore and that was hard yeah. but we were good and yeah. you know and I think our relationship is way stronger than it ever would have been if I remained a Jehovah's Witness or remained a liar yeah remained a liar ultimately right. and I'm not like lying was messing right. with me. It yeah. was not fun. So, yeah. So she respects it. Yeah. And it, there was there a transition to that? Or was she ever sort of like, well, maybe you should, you know. Yeah, I mean, she still <laughs> try every now and then. <laughs> and there's an event that all Jehovah's Witnesses, yeah. uh, even if you were like an ex-Jehovah's Witness, you still go to, to the memorial, which is like the memorial of Jesus Christ, which mm. is around Easter time for Christians or whatever. Mm-hmm. I still go to that. Yeah. That's just a nice A family thing. thing. Yeah. But... Everybody else in the fam still in? No. <laughs> no. Just one sister still yeah. left standing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So no, no real religion anymore. No, I'm agnostic. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like fully agnostic. Yeah, you're, uh, you know, you're focusing on other things. Yeah, in a but pinch. very spiritual. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you know, I pray. Yeah. Just not affiliated with any religion as of now. But... I'm not particularly affiliated with God, but I'll pray occasionally. Do you? Are you? So you're not an atheist? I don't think so. I mean, yes, I, I, I think I am. Yeah. You think you are? Yeah, I, I don't believe in God. Okay. But I do believe in you know the power of prayer in a way uh-huh. uh in in terms of at least acknowledging that you're powerless and and you aren't 
uh-huh. in total control of things. Like there's something you can surrender to that doesn't have to be God. You know, obviously, there's many things, most things are out of our control. Uh-huh. <laughs> So yeah. in order to accept that, mm-hmm. either you have to be a control freak mm-hmm. or somewhat spiritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, mm. I get that. Yeah. I think I don't believe in God in the, the way that we perceive, that most yeah. cultures perceive him to be. I think it's like really in people. I think when someone does like a good thing, yeah. it's something that makes me be like, okay, there's something afoot. Yeah, that, yeah. Like, it's interesting because, and I was thinking about this today actually, just about the nature of like how divided everything is and when mm-hmm. you on in social media how mm-hmm. awful it really is and how it seems that people are, are just full of you know anonymous hatred and mm-hmm. contempt but but generally when it comes right down to it if there's people around and something is going wrong mm-hmm. or someone needs help mm-hmm. people help them mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. almost impulsively and yeah, there is something that moment to me is yeah. god and it's like that that is yeah the simplicity of like what it means to if I kind of feel like if everyone believed in that yeah. all the time a little bit more then yeah. the world would inherently be yeah. better but. get out of your head get into the present engage yeah. with other people yeah right yeah alright so there you are you you. so how old were you when you cut loose from the, the I was I was out here probably like 22 23 oh so later so mm-hmm. you 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 go to college and you major in the broadcasting mm-hmm. what happens there I mean, do you start doing things? Yeah, but I wasn't owning it. I mean, I started I started out majoring in advertising because I really think I knew I wanted to be in TV or making t- TV shows. Yeah. But because I was a soldier who was witness, I was like, oh, I'm never going to get to do that. That's of Satan. So I'll do everything. Wait, wait, explain that to me. TV's of Satan? Yeah, it was like, <laughs> the. it was like, oh, as a Jehovah's Witness, you get warned so much about the world, the outside world and Hollywood. Wow. And, TV and sure. sad, all bad. So I was like, I probably will never do that. But advertising seems fun. Like maybe I can make a little M and M's commercial, and get, <laughs> but get, it, get my art out through that. Sure, but it seems if you really break it down, if there's a Satan, it's advertising. That's right. So I learned that immediately. <laughs> yeah, like in the first semester, I was like, oh, this is don't want to do this. It's so it's, manipulative. Right. It's it's kind of shamelessly Satan. It's, shamelessly, yeah. and that was kind of good to see the face of Satan that clearly. So I was like, I don't want to do that. So then I moved over to broadcast telecommunications. So it's a subtler Satan. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah. okay, this is about yeah. the business, uh-huh. which was cool. I'm happy I did that, actually, yeah. because it was nice to learn about the business of TV. Right. Instead of What just, did you learn at, at that college that stuck with you? Stuff that I, uh, for instance, just how TV works, like right. how networks work. Yeah. Streaming wasn't even a thing then, but how network and cable yeah. and advertising's place and all yeah. of it um how do you how do you uh, how do you uh, uh work with satan without <laughs> completely being <laughs> satan, satan. Yeah. yes okay. yeah. like, oh, <laughs> like this church and that was good because i think a lot of people who want to make television never get that mm. you know i think a lot of people become writers and they go to school for writing etc but they don't get the business behind it and it's. I think it's cool to know both because yeah. 
you know where you're trying to sell a show to and why and where what you want to do fits in. at the end of the day it is a business this is a well business. that you get the earlier you earn that the better and also yeah. like i didn't know because a right. lot of people just come out here and it's like where does tv start right when exactly. do I, when do i start tv exactly so it was really helpful to under to know all that stuff huh and then started taking an acting class in, in like, the college? In college i was like damn i really like this yeah but it wasn't quite acting. I was like, was I it? really love comedy. Like I, and I always had, but then it was like, but I really want to go like more that direction than this dramatic shit we're doing in acting class. I like comedy. Oh, you're in like a regular acting class? Yeah, I, I was taking an acting class in college. Should you do some monologues? Do you play? Yep, monologues. Serious shit? Stretching like a tiger. Oh, you did I never got that? to that point because I didn't want to audition for a play. I was like, I'm not doing that shit, honestly. That's how I knew I wasn't like into it. But like, did you cry and yell? No, because I wasn't trying to. I was like, <laughs> no crying like, and yelling? Stupid. So I didn't do that. <laughs> but I had a boyfriend at the time who was in Chicago. Uh, and um, I, I don't know. I was like, reading Tina Fey's book, watching SNL, uh, and like finding out, I'm like, damn, all these people went to this place called Second City. So there's a place where these people go. Right. Not just... People you like, people you respect, people right. who are funny. And at the time, I'm looking at it like, oh, so it's a little hub they mm. go to. But it's like, oh, th no, these are communities yeah. of, you know, these... So I took... I decided to take a class at the Second City and stay with my boyfriend in Chicago. And then that's when I was like, okay, you I get can it. make... I don't have to run away from this. Yeah. There's a community here. There's people who care about the depths of comedy in the way that I do. And uh, that kind of was the turning point of me being like, I want to. Was that a, a summer and you like, or did it you finish school? It was a winter school? course I took. And then I kept going back to take more like spring courses. Uh -huh. I would take them whenever I had breaks at school. So winter break, spring uh -huh. break in the summer. When did you just go fuck school? Or um, did you finish? I didn't finish. Mm. I... So my junior year, yeah, I got just basically really depressed from a breakup with that the boyfriend. The Chicago guy. And but it didn't ruin Chicago for you. Didn't ruin Chicago for me. That's good. It was very good, but <laughs> I just like kind of stopped going to school. I didn't like drop out on purpose. Yeah. I just... Depressed. Yeah, and I had done that before. I had done in ninth grade. I just... I wasn't depressed then, but yeah. I had like kind of a traumatic thing happen with a friend, and I was like... Oh. Yeah, all right, I'm done. Tragedy? Just like a traumatic fight. I was very... <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so. like I had a friend who we got in a fight, and yeah. I was just like, all right. Oh. Ninth grade. Tenth grade. Tenth, Tenth grade. grade. And it just kind of... Just started... Stopping. Traumatic. Yeah, but I, as I was a kid, I wasn't yeah. identifying it as that. I, we didn't have... Best much, friend, though. Right, and yeah. we didn't have the language that we have now sure. to identify sure. all those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't know I was experiencing trauma. It was just like, that really sucked. Um, did you guys ever make it right? We did. You did? We did. Like, I, I reached recently? out to her. Yeah, because I wanted <laughs> to write about the fight we had in oh, my book, and yeah. I wanted to read. She didn't want me to, so I didn't, but... Um, I in the memes to. book? Yeah. Um, but What'd she say? No, I can't talk about it. She doesn't want. Oh. She didn't want me to, but so I didn't. But yeah, I had this fight, and I just stopped going to school. I was still getting straight A's. But are you guys okay though? Now? Yes, we're good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> she just didn't. Didn't want the story told. Yes, that's okay. Yeah. And then um, same thing happened in college. It's just like okay, traumatic thing. Yeah. But I, I wasn't willing to say that. I wasn't willing to say that. Like my heart was broken so bad that I was just like, okay, I'm gonna go. I don't feel like going to class. I'm gonna smoke uh, this bong I made yeah. and made a bong I made a bong and where'd you make the bong in uh in my my college apartment 
Oh, oh, not like a ceramic thing? Was it oh, no, 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 no. This was a Coke bottle. It's <laughs> 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 a smart water bottle and, and foil. Okay, um, okay. No, and just... But that's it's interesting because you, like, can you... That, that sensitivity to that, that, you know, something can be so... Can kind of uh, throw you off that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's emotional. Yeah. Because you get very attached to people. Yeah, I guess so. Like, yeah. I was like... Interesting crazy to think that um that was enough to make me fall out of school but at some point yeah. you must have figured out how to compartmentalize because you absolutely do, you have a lot of jobs mm-hmm. so like because if at that time like if well, the heartbreak was gonna just in you know kind of ruin everything mm-hmm. in your head mm-hmm. well, how'd you scramble back how'd you figure out how to you know kind of like not let that happen <laughs> i think I started to realize like a pattern, like letting letting guys mm. or close relationships yeah. really. Um, and I don't regret any of it. Sure, but I did realize a pattern of um, just letting other people have the the keys to the car and like yeah, emotionally I think codependency. I think yeah, is what it's called. yeah like yeah. just emotionally yeah. they. Yeah. Got to run shit, and I just was like, I can't do this anymore. There was a guy I dated out here, yeah, who I really liked, and but I had so many good things going for me, and I think that was the turning point. I liked him so much, believe I loved him, yeah, but I was like, I can't do this anymore because now I have stuff I can't mess up. Like now I'm an adult. <laughs> yeah, when I was in college. I could, I it sure. shouldn't have done it, but I was like, I, I can get away with this. High school, I could get away with that. I was like, I can't. You weren't get thinking away. about that. Right. But now I'm like, I can't get away with this anymore. I'm grown. I have to. But did you realize when you were with that dude that, that it was the same thing? I like, did. Oh, yeah. I yeah. think I finally did. I was like, so it was practical. Oh, You're like, yeah. I can't. Is this worth it? No. And I, I think that was the start of my practicality in becoming. That's good if it happens like that. It wasn't like yeah. some big recovery process. No. It's just sort of, it was impractical. Mm-hmm. If anything, now I think I'm like, I, like I, I'm, uh, people are a little fascinated by my ability to compartmentalize. But yeah. Like I, I don't have a choice. I don't know what to say. Of course. Yeah. There's too much on the line now. So yeah. when you go to Chicago, when you go back after you break up, after you get whatever, mm-hmm. after you leave school, mm-hmm. do you go all the way through Second City? Do you do the no, whole? No, I wasn't that. No, I just was taking classes. Oh. Uh-huh. I was taking classes, watching So you didn't stuff. do the road show? You didn't do, mm-hmm. you didn't do the whole thing? No. That's why just I can't cl- claim it like that. I didn't like, oh, well, I wasn't I mean, in the conservatory, but- but you learned. I did in that school, that space, like kind of changed my life. Just seeing people work yeah. in the field. Yeah. And, like I'd seen Keegan Michael Key for the first time just on stage one night. And yeah. My teacher, she, the teacher I had there, she was, you know, that these were her, this was her community. These were yeah. her people. She wrote on SNL. It was like just well, I think being that, in that yeah. environment. You do cool. learn that. Yeah. Uh, it, unlike, you know, I came up through comedy and I've talked about mm-hmm. this before, but, you know, sketch and your generation of mm-hmm. people that. It was really about sketch, mm-hmm. and it's all about yep. collaboration, yep. and it's all about you know coming up together and yep. writing and you know coming up with ideas collaboratively. Which is the world that like came yeah. that I appreciated, and yeah. I and I think that's why I was so anti YouTube. It was so singular to me in the way that I was seeing it. But also there was like you know I I assume that you know not unlike me that mm-hmm. there was a celebration of marginally talented people. Yes, that 
people related to. Yeah. But it, it's sort of like devoid of craft. Yes. And I loved craft. <laughs> you know, like right. craft was really yeah. important to me. And that was lacking in t- in that space to me. I mean, so yeah. after you, how do you move? How do you get from Chicago? What happens next? Did so you... I, I go back and forth from Chicago to Philly for a little while. Uh-huh. And I have, are like, your parents supportive or are they like, no, what do you do? No, they don't even know I'm going to Chicago, first of all. Really? No clue where They I'm think at. you're at college? Yeah, they thought wow. I was at college or. Didn't know about the guy either? No, not wow. to that extent. That's how I said I had to be a liar a lot. Yeah. And eventually it got old. Right. Um, oh, this is before you shut the. Yeah. Jehovah's yeah, Witnesses way stuff. before. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. So that added to the depression. Definitely. Oh, yeah. But once again. Because you had nowhere to turn. Once again, I had no word for depression. I had no. But uh, the heartbreak, yeah. though, it couldn't be like if you yeah. if you could go to your parents or somebody mm-hmm. as siblings or whatever, you just went to your bong that you mm-hmm. made. I only just went to my bong. <laughs> and my friends were very like, they knew the depth of it, but we, yeah. were, we were all so young. Yeah, who's, who's going to help you? Other right. than, like, you know, fuck that guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I was, like, hurting. But, yeah. um, no, I, so I go back and forth from Chicago. Yeah. And then in Philly, I got a job. And I was like, okay, I'm going to move to L.A. And I had had... What a, job? I worked at Apple. Yeah. Which was good money at the time. Yeah, like I sure. was making $16 an hour, which yeah. was good money. Yeah. And um, I started... Um, I just came out to L.A. for a little test run. I was like, I'm going to see how... Do you have friends out here? Yes. I have a friend, Brittany, out here. I had a friend, Andrew Reynolds. His brother, Adam Reynolds, worked at Comedy Central. Oh, yeah. And I went to Second City out here. Just you to met take them classes. in Chicago, these people? No, I met them at Temple. Andrew, I met at Temple. Oh, that's where you went to college? Yeah, Brittany yeah. was my old dance school teacher who mm. I was still cool with. So I stayed with her on her floor for yeah. like a month. A month? She was so kind. Her studio apartment, she that's- let me... That's nice. annoying young yeah. person on a seat on the floor. <laughs> but uh, so I was taking second class, second city classes in and yeah. Andrew got me a job as a PA for one day on Key and Peele, which changed my life. And then I how got, so? it was like I'm on Key and Peele. And, and you saw how it worked. Yeah. And it was the first episode of it ever. And it was like, oh fuck, like I'm here. This is possible. Yeah. I love this. And then he also got me a job as a PA on a Donald Glover music video. He got some good PA jobs. I got a, <laughs> when I did PA work when I first came out here, I did, I was doing a, a kid's music video shoot at Circus Vargas. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst. No. I didn't have any connections. I was out in the valley somewhere where this circus was parked. Did you go to college? Yeah. Where'd you go? Boston University. And you didn't have no connections? No, I didn't know about show business. I didn't mm-hmm. understand anything. I just knew I wanted to be a comic somehow. And, you know, the way you did that was you just went to the comedy store and, you know, yeah. tried to figure out how to move in. I wanted to be a comic until I was like, I can't do this. I'm not built for this. <laughs> not in any way, when shape, did or you, form. Did you do it? Yeah, I was good. Where, when You did it out here? Mm-hmm. So you come out here, you get the PA gigs. I got the PA gigs, blah, blah, blah. I'm doing improv. But you're not, do, you're, you're not doing uh, stand-up? No, not yet. I you stayed just, away from stand-up for a very long time. You no you're doing improv? Doing improv. At Second City here on? Second City, iOS. On Hollywood uh, Boulevard, mm-hmm, right. UCB, doing the little rounds and uh, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. thinking my improv troupe's going to be the one to take on. Oh, but that's, that's later. That's later. Oh, so yeah. then I go back from... I stayed out here for a month. Then I go back to Philly. I was like, okay, I'm definitely moving to LA. Like that was the best. I yeah, worked. Yeah. I lived. I yeah. had a good time. Yeah. Come back out to uh, uh, to LA. I moved yeah. out here. Right. No support from my parents other than I wish you well. Call us if you need anything, but we don't have anything, so don't. Wow. You know, if you need to call us, come back. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. Move out here. 
start. I worked to transfer my job from Apple, just start doing improv around the city. They would do job at Apple here. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nice. It was very nice. Wow. The whole point of me getting that job was so that I could transfer to L.A. Once I found that out, I at was the like, Apple Store. Yeah, the Apple Store. Which one? Century City. Huh. I worked there. Yeah. Um, and so then, uh, it's like a year out here of yeah. just doing improv, making money. You know, friends. I got, I had friends. Making friends? I had friends. A lot of friends yeah. actually moved to Philly at the same time. And I had ma- I was starting to make a lot of friends through, like, you know, improv world and then other people in L.A. Yeah. And, like, downtown, air- like, the downtown scene, yeah. comedy friends that were in improv, and some of them did stand-up. And then that's Anyone when- I know? Yeah, probably. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are they big now? Who's hip from your crew? <laughs> uh... Who is hip for my crew? I'd rather not. Uh, but, you know, people. What people, do you mean? It's not, what's who, that who's Sam, Sam J. Oh, yeah. Sam. Yeah. Um, Sam was in New York, but I met her via other people. Um, yeah, she's good. I've talked to her. Yeah, you have yeah. on the show Sam, Chris. Yeah. Chris Red. Gerard, honestly, Gerard was like, was just starting to out like. Out here? When you met him out yeah, here? Yeah. He was like just starting to blow up like at yeah, the yeah. little place that I go to the open mic called the uh, improv space yeah it was, I don't even know if that still exists anymore it was on UCLA's campus like uh-huh. he was the one that you know everyone's like oh he's about to like pop like he's about yeah, to yeah I felt up. I remember when that happened mm-hmm. that momentum was happening that was around the time that I started stand up oh, okay. which was so anyway, I'm doing improv for yes. a year, and then Instagram video comes out. Like I said, I was anti-internet before that. I wasn't really about. But you're on the Instagram. Yeah, because, early on. That's what this like because that was when you just had your Instagram or account. Something? You know, like yeah. you, it wasn't you couldn't become famous or anything like that. It was just account. a new thing, kind of. Just a new thing, and then yeah. they had video. Yeah. And I just put up a video of something silly that wound up going viral, and then I like serialized it and it they kept going viral but i wasn't what was it it was just first one was just a silly video where i tried to like make my butt clap and couldn't do it and the second one was this thing called the girl who's never been on a nice date which Mm. was just about a girl who's like super excited about everything the guy's (laughs) buying her at the movie theater and these things were they were just going viral um and at the time it wasn't easy to go viral on instagram like yeah. you couldn't share a clip the way you can now you had right. to like physically tell someone about it uh-huh. not even sure you could at the person on the thing and so it so changed my life yeah? yeah yeah that's when i i was like oh shit like i started like you know people then knew me for this comedy thing I was doing. So that was like a changing So this was, it's interesting how this stuff works in terms mm-hmm. of like the platform and even like with podcasting when I started is that if you're there at the ground floor somehow mm-hmm. and you start, because I imagine that your work helped define their platform. Yeah, it did. It did. Right? Absolutely, yeah. And, and then they realized that this is a thing that people can do and we yep. can expand this yep. shit. Yep, mm-hmm. And you felt that happen? 100%. All of a sudden, because this was before the monetization of right. the whole sure. platform. And they just wanted people to join it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then all of a sudden, it was a shift in what was possible with it. And um, Did they did they contact you? Yeah, I had gone to like a little thing. And I was like, well, I don't want to. I, I still didn't want it. I was like, I, what I want to do is be a stage performer. My goal was still to be like, well, I want to make TV. Yeah. Or I want to. This is still not what I want to do. It's just nice that it's happening and I can make some money off of it. But I was like, How were you making money off it? I was like selling t shirts for the, with, this with was little the, phrases. The date thing? thing? Yes. What was that called again? 
Uh, the girl's never been on a nice date. Now, did that become like a real series of some kind? Yeah, I just serialized it on the platform. On so Instagram. People, on Instagram. But I was able to sell t-shirts and like make a lot of money. You to, did? Yeah, I was able to quit my job at Apple. Um, for merch? Yeah, for merch. Yeah. All right. And then it, then it became appearances, but I was like, I'm not this person. I don't want to show up to a club and With say- With your t-shirts? Yeah, yeah, or like people are like the girl from Instagram. Say it. Go ahead, say your phrase. And well, I'm that, like, that's not me. But that's. But you tried it. I tried it once, and I was like, this is not for me. Am I at like at a comedy club? No, like at a, a at a college like homecoming. Oh, the worst. The worst. Oh my God! So that's like you know they don't even know really why you're there necessarily, and you're kind of standing there. Yeah, and you just get paid. You know, you get paid like ten thousand dollars to show up. But I was like, I don't want to get paid. I gotta way. be honest. Colleges are terrible. I I don't know how you guys do it. I don't do it. When you did it, I I was never the top of the list. I was <laughs> I was a little too angry and weird. But I yeah. I did them, and they were just always like awful. They're awful, man. And so to avoid that, I was right. like, I don't want to do that. My manager was like, I really think you should try stand up because you don't like just oh, showing up okay. people. And he was like, you do like craft, and yeah. there's a craft to stand up, and you would be good at it. So I tried stand up for the good first manager. time. Good manager. Who's the manager? He's very good. His name's Adam Siegel. He's very good. Where I've at? known him since college. He's at Authentic. Okay. Um, shout out free yeah. advertising yeah. for Adam Siegel. Um, sure. But I started doing stand-up. I started yeah. at the improv space, and I was good, and I kept doing it. And I was just like, oh, and I started doing, you know. Writing bits, telling stories. What was the angle? Characters? No. Straight stand-up. Like, I was jokes. very inspired by, like, yeah, jokes. Like, yeah. Drod. Yeah. Uh, you know, canceled comedians. But, you know, I was inspired yeah. by that, yeah, just yeah. straight-up jokes. And yeah. then um, little slice-of-life jokes. And then I So you were able to, around. well, that helped you do the writing? Yes, for sure. I'm happy I did stand up for that. Reason. I mean, like that's like this, it, most of the people I started out with became writers. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then I started doing. You know, I would get paid to show up to do that, but I didn't feel as though I was. I respected stand up. Right. So did you like, feel like one of those people that was just that the people that we resent? Oh, yeah. Just the Instagram person. Yeah, I did but, feel like one of those people, honestly, because yeah. I was like, okay, I have the ability to show up and be paid but yeah. I'm not as good at this craft yet sure I thought I was good at it yeah but I was going to the comedy store every night and watching people be yeah. good at it yeah I, I had seen you there I yeah. had seen like people I was like these are people who are good at this yeah I am not that yet all I have is the name so I can be paid for my name right but, and I have had a problem with that I, I didn't like that I did it for a little while I was like finding my place and stand up like I, I was doing all the yeah. clubs, doing all the places, yeah. did cluster, fe did the festivals. Yeah. But I was like, I don't like, um, I don't like touring. Yeah. I don't like going places by myself. Yeah. And ultimately, I didn't really like stand up world. <laughs> I didn't like being out until the yeah. wee hours of the night waiting right. to go up on stage. Yeah. I didn't love the culture. Yeah. I didn't. I was like, I'd rather not. And I just want to like actually like write create television right so that kind of helped me to really know where i wanted to be well it's interesting because you knew that all along i yeah, exactly and 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 i imagine you know after like the, just the way things fell together in in your mind it, it, just from me talking to you for this short amount of time that you know you do you see how key and peel works mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and you're in this and you see the response you get on mm -hmm. instagram which was a fluke mm -hmm. and you know you don't want to live a disingenuous 
life or be resented for a skill set that you, you know, are pretending to have. Or I didn't want to resent myself. It was right. less about like how other people felt about it and how it was me. But you knew. I had this genuine care right. for craft that, that right. wasn't inherent to and people can there are people who still now can be like oh the internet and it's like you don't know you're wrong it, but it's i couldn't be wrong about myself i right. don't want but, but, but what you yeah. ultimately end up with mm. is a very sort of practical way mm-hmm. of writing jokes which mm-hmm. is what fuels almost all television so whether you like stand up or not to sit down and write jokes yeah is the job yeah and mm-hmm. then you just got to make stories up. yeah yeah Right. Yeah. So after the the date thing, what's the next series? How do you start to build the ability to do stories? So I was able to, you know, I was writing pilots to sell. I was writing stories. I was writing spec scripts. I was getting for shows existing already. Yeah. Like what? Uh, like I wrote a spec for like New Girl just to uh-huh. have in my, yeah. you know, that was thing. the one that you thought you needed. New Girl was a good one. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I was like, yeah, sure, this sure. is tight. This is what I want to do. Yeah. And then I had written my own uh, pilot and stuff, you know, the way people do. For a, a show mm-hmm. based with you starring, a vehicle. No, no, oh, no, no. Just an idea. Mm-mm. What was that one? <laughs> that was about, I was young, so I was like, so, right. so silly now. But it was about a girl who uh, basically lost her big job and had to go back to her hometown and work. At her father's uh, copy machine, her cop- copy. That's so funny. It was cute. It was really, really cute, and I... it was silly. And there was a rival. The place was called Copy Mart, and across the street was Mart's Copies, and like there was their rivalry. But this little girl, this girl turning this, yeah, uh, with all this big business knowledge, turning this small copy oh, shop yeah, into yeah. something right uh, sustainable. Since like, I would always go past that one copy shop. I don't know if you know it. That's on like. Vine Street. It's like this one, and I was like, "How does this place still exist?" They're all any. I still see some. Yeah, like, up on like uh, on uh, Colorado Boulevard. There's yeah. one in a strip mall that I used to go to get my passport photo. Yeah, done. yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, "What is? How is that still open?" Yeah, and they're fascinatingly depressing, but still around for customers. And I was like. I liked stories like that, so I wrote one of those. I still have it somewhere. Um, I did a story like that that didn't go, that I thought was great about a guy who won the Academy Award for Best Short Film, uh-huh. and then it just didn't work out. He got <laughs> screwed up on drugs, and he had oh, to go no. home, <laughs> and he was working in a, a bridal photography place. He was shooting wedding <laughs> Best videos. Best Short Film is so funny, because that is like, what do you do What do you do you with that yeah. if it doesn't catapult the, you to the The dude side? who directed uh, like four episodes of my TV show the mm-hmm. first season- mm-hmm. Was that guy? Mm. And I don't know what happened to him. Really? Why we gotta look him up? No, I don't want to know. I'm sure it's okay, but it's probably not right. big movies. I don't. Maybe I'm wrong. So okay, so you write, you got your spec script, you tried pitching your original idea. I didn't really pitch it. My manager had it. I didn't have anything like yeah. any pitches planned. So after that, I started. Oh, you like, didn't pitch it. No, I didn't pitch it. I just was writing. After I start going broke, you know, the Instagram allure wears off. What happened then? No, no more t-shirts? Did you run no out of more t-shirts? Front? I didn't, I also didn't like doing that. I was like, I don't like this. I don't want to sell merch. Were this you packing them job. yourself? Yes. It's the worst. I know I did that. Y- you know, yeah. and I was like, I don't want to do this. Just in a, an apartment full of envelopes. Yes. <laughs> apartment full of envelopes carrying shit to UPS and, and you know, FedEx or whatever. Uh, I was like, this is a job in and of itself but you had a t-shirt guy right i had a t-shirt guy we would do it together <laughs> but i was like this is a job and i don't want this to be my job but it's interesting that you didn't think to because now obviously you're capable of delegating 
responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But back then, you knew enough to know, like, I don't want to run a shirt business. I don't want to run a shirt business. To... And you don't have money to pay somebody else. The, the, all the money you're making is going right. to sustaining your life. So right. it's like, I was like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And so I went... And I was like, I need a job. Yeah. I was at that point where I was like, I, I, I never want to shy away from work or think I'm too famous for work. Right. And uh, a friend, Justin, he was working at BuzzFeed. And I was like, oh, BuzzFeed, like I've seen their videos. Right. And I was like, so it's like an actual like job. He's yeah. like, yeah, I'm a producer. Like I make these videos all day. I'm like, it's tight. I could do that. And uh, do you he think you could me, learn something? Yeah, I was like, I can, yeah. So I came, he asked me to be in a video. Right. And once I went to the facilities, I was like, oh, this is a real functioning workplace. This is kind of exactly what I need right now. I need stability. I need a stable paycheck. I need, like, I can also still create shit. Like, I see the engine to still create comedy here, but ultimately I need a paycheck. So I talked to the guys who, you know, ran that place at the time, and they were like, you want to work here? Because they were like, you're famous and I was yeah. like I'm broke so I don't care famous from the uh, Instagram from the, yeah cause at that time you know a lot of people knew well BuzzFeed me. would know right Right. And it's that, that world almost right but yeah. I was like no I need a job and yeah. I was like I don't I want to I like the idea I like the idea of like making shit it was collaborative there it's were interesting though the difference other. between internet famous and famous famous yeah huh. such a difference so such collaborative difference. yeah so collaborative so I started working there got yeah. to work with people and I got to make like funny shit that people liked and shared and I did a residency first which was just working there for a month and I was like oh I really want to be full time like I need to pay I want study income so those kind of things were able to share it had a little more integrity than Instagram right to me yeah yeah to me I was like also BuzzFeed wasn't as big as it had became yet right. you know what I yeah, mean it was yeah. just BuzzFeed video was just small little thing yeah. that Right. And then while I was there is while it got big, bigger. Funny or Die? Did you do any shit there? I, I didn't do any, anything there. I made, I had uploaded something myself to Funny or Die. Yeah. And honestly, working. I love to work. And I had forgotten how much I, I loved it because I was on my own for a long, and I told you, it's that stuff I hate. It was so singular, yeah. making like... Instagram yeah, video, but now you're but now you're producing, right? Yeah, I'm producing. And you're working I with have, other people. Working with other people. I have coworkers. Yeah, yeah. I have people I fuck with. People yeah. I can go out with. People right. I can, um, and I worked there for three years. And while I'm there, I get to start writing longer stories. You know, like it became they were making these videos, but then it it was like there was a space to make more narrative work. Yeah, I don't. I can't identify anything about. I thought I didn't. Buzzfeed was primarily a. a it, it, it's not a news place. It's not a. Like what, it became that. It oh. became all of that while I was there. Oh, okay. But before, Initially, it was just like the, any of the other ones were yeah, trying to generate. Yeah, it was like lists and these videos, these right. short, relatable videos. Right. But I saw an opportunity to kind of create something more. Yeah. More. And yeah. so I started making narrative work there, sold, like, created really cool shows for YouTube and then sold some shows to the other digital platforms like YouTube Red and which doesn't exist anymore and Verizon Go 90, which doesn't exist anymore. And, but... That's where I got the taste of like creating long. And they were work. like that was the time where. What was that one that was out in the Jash? Do you remember that place? Yes. Right. They all these places had money and hired. Called? Yeah. What the fuck was that place called? Somebody actually left BuzzFeed and started that. Oh yeah, yeah. Named uh, Dominic. Yeah. Um, Wild. 
Trash. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. That feels like such a... And there was some other big comedy network that a lot of people had shows on that went away. I can't remember the name of that one. Yeah. Crazy. But YouTube Red, that was like, there was a lot of talk around that. They got money. Yeah. Did they? Yeah, I mean, for, yeah, they had, Mm -hmm. they bought a show for like a substantial amount of money in the internet space. Yeah. And what was that show? That was called Broke. It was a show I made about like just three friends in LA. How'd that Um, go? How many did you do? I did, we did a season of like 10 episodes. So you're learning how to do this shit. Yeah, yeah, learning how to do it, loving it. Uh, having writer's rooms it. at that yep, time? Yep, having writer's At that time, I only had a writer's room of two people. Right. My friend Garrick Bernard, also from the stand-up world, and Kate Peterman, and we were our own, own little writer's room. Garrick now, he write, he's he's uh, writing one. But you learned how to break everything down, the columns, the whiteboard, yep. cards. Mm-hmm. And I read, I, I love to just read and learn how to do shit, so I read how to to do it, but then... Where'd you read that? <laughs> There's a book that oh, yeah? is really called, it's like just called How to Write TV. That's oh, a really, really good book that, <laughs> I don't know, I'm like, this should be on the bestsellers. You did it, huh? Yeah, but then you do it and it was good. It was oh. a good way to learn. Um, and then I, I eventually leave BuzzFeed because I was getting opportunities. Like I got to write for this show called Laser Wolf, which uh-huh. was on Adult Swim, which yeah. I canceled. And then I was, uh, I was acting more. Like I got to like start acting and getting opportunities to pitch outside of BuzzFeed. And yeah, so I, for network stuff or mm-hmm, whatever? For oh, network yeah. stuff and that wrote for that show, Laser Wolf, worked with Larry Wilmore to create a show. Oh yeah, he's a good guy. How's that guy doing? I haven't heard his name in a long time. Really? He's yeah. doing well. Mind his business, making TV. Yeah. And uh, yeah, then I got my real taste of it, of working in network and that was a game changer. Around that time, that whole time I was doing stand-up but I would, my heart I just wasn't in it. Yeah. But I still have like immense respect for the craft. But I was like, yeah, this is not, not for you. That's right. You know, good for you. Yeah. It's a dirty world. It's so dirty. <laughs> it's so gross. I'm sorry, Mark. It is. It's dirty. Okay. Yeah. It needs a. I don't know. It, it needs a complete cleanse. someone's got to clean i'm old look me i just go <laughs> I, I go i go do my shows at I theaters know. and i, I go do my shows at the comedy I store i do my short sets and I, I'm, 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 I don't even know what's happening i know that's a good place to, but i think about it, so it's like somebody's got to well i don't know what the hell like I, I mean it was always sort of but i think more so you know outside of moral issues just you know the nature of being a nightclub comic yes. or or a performer yes is its own weird yes. trip and it's always been that way yep. and it was not the life you wanted yep it's a it's a choice to have that kind of life yeah and, oh for sure and then it, and then what the late night life just in, inadvertently will perpetuate of it's, course it's just tough it's yeah tough the possibilities for for bad behavior yep for uh you know getting you know fucked up on drugs yeah i mean you know it's yeah it's it's you know historically yeah you know the yeah. way it is it just doesn't work out yeah but um yeah but i mean but look yeah. i mean it's like you did who i don't know who you have to take some sort of weird renegade spirit to want to live that life and you know you had business in mind you had you, you know uh, collaboration and creativity that was you know better you just knew you were you knew i know so yeah. so what happens though like how does you know Abbott Elementary evolve so you're writing for shows you're doing acting bits yeah. you're pitching stuff yeah when does the idea hit you 
The idea for Abbott hit me, my parents are on their 44th anniversary, so that yeah. hit me four years ago now, four yeah. or five years ago. Right. Four? Okay. Five, because okay. before my mom retired. So I was just with her and Your mom. Um, my mom, and I went, to, I went to Philly to go visit, and she was, uh, I was visiting her school, and I got hit with this wave of like, fuck, I forgot how much of my life took place in a school, not just as a student, but with my mom before and after school. My relationship yeah. to school was just different. It was my second yeah. home. And I hit, was hit with all these feelings of, uh, fuck, I, this world, so familiar. I was, I've been so far away from it for so long, but man, school. these walls, these floors, this, oh, yeah. is, this was something. And it's so, all very tangible and, and yeah. very specific, Yeah, but everyone knows it. Yeah, everyone knows yeah. it, but that to me, and I think that's what artists should be inspired. It's something everyone knows, sure. but you have like a connection to it that can help materialize it for the rest of the sure. world, you know, that familiarity. And and I was with my mom and uh, I was urging her to retire because I don't, I was like, you're yeah. too old to be doing this. Yeah. And it's late and Philly's a tough city and she yeah. was trying to get me to come back home. And <laughs> the kindergartners were tough too? Uh, everybody, yeah. My mom was one of those people that was like starting yeah. to get like, these kids are like out of control and little stuff was starting to trip my mom up. Like the idea, <laughs> this is just the truth. Yeah. She was like, so the kids are just gay now? And I'm like, yeah, mom. And she's just like, <sighs> you know, it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's a lot happening, and you might need to think. Is that about. who the is that who the uh, Shirley Ralph <laughs> yes. character is? Yes, it's your mom. completely. Oh completely. yeah, completely. And so, but then this this parent came in, and yeah. um, it's eight o'clock. It was like parent teacher night, which I was pissed about that they would have it go that late. Right. And it it, it goes till eight. The parent came in at seven fifty eight. I was pissed. I was like, how how dare you? Yeah. But mom, the woman was a nurse. That was as soon as she could get there. And she had her son with her. And my mom was so excited because she had been wanting to talk to this woman all year. Yeah. And I was just watching that interaction. Like, this is who my mom is. This is who she's always been. This is who every teacher is pretty much who's a good teacher. And I was sitting at my mom's desk looking at it all. And the it, the idea just hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, oh, this is what I want my next show to be about. And at that point, I had tried to sell... Uh, I sold one show to CBS. Yeah. So I was like, I knew how it worked, and I knew what I wanted What was that to do. show? That was a show called Quentin and Jermaine with Jermaine Fowler, oh, another yeah. person I was like, who... Jermaine, um, like Gerard, Kevin Barnett, who had passed away, these were all like kind of the people that yeah. I was um, you know, sharing space with at the time. And I made that show with Jermaine, sold it to CBS, learned a lot. Loved working with, we worked with Larry on how to do that process yeah. of selling the network. Yeah. So as I wanted to make that show, I immediately hit up who are now my co-producers, Justin and Pat. But at that time, they were, uh, what were they doing? They were working on a show, Harley Quinn, that's on HBO Max yeah. now. And I was like, I have this idea. And I wanted it to be animated at first because I oh, was really? working on the thing with Jermaine. And, yeah. and I was like, well, maybe I could focus on that if this is live action and it goes. I can focus on this if it's animation. Yeah. And they loved it, but then nothing happened. The The show with Jermaine and, and Larry, it didn't go. And it's then, weird. How long did it take you to realize it wasn't going? Because they don't really tell you sometimes. They don't tell you. And so That's it took forever. Weird. And it was yeah. like, uh, that didn't go. And then Justin and Pat. It's, you know, it's weird when they finally tell you it's right around the same time you go, I guess it's done? Or? It's, uh, 
Okay. Cool. Oh yeah, you didn't hear? Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Cool. Okay. Well, I guess I made some money. Thanks. Yeah. Um, and then Justin and Pat. Then I got casted in this show, Black Lady Sketch Show. Yeah. And I did that, so that was moving. I sold another show to HBO Max. I started working with it's like basically the whole Abbott idea just we talked about it, we all loved it, and then it just everybody got busy. What was the HBO Max show? That was a show that was actually based on uh BuzzFeed and uh um, Oh yeah. But it was gonna be like about a a girl boss. Okay. But how you know, awful she really was. Who would be get? Yeah. You know, be put in charge of the diversity department because she was black, but she didn't want to be. She was all about herself, <laughs> and so her little journey to, uh, you know, be That's better. Because that character is kind of an Abbott. Yeah, yeah, kind. Of. I love that character. It's yeah. Like, I just think those characters are, if you do them right, they're really funny. Oh, they're hilarious. They're yeah. hilarious. Yeah, because um, they have to pretend like they give a shit. Yes, <laughs> yes. And then when you finally see them actually give a shit one day, it's really fun. For yeah, them. yeah. So yeah, When her, you find their heart. Yes, and right. for her, it was put on display, and it was for the HBO Max show, it was yeah. going to be a big expose of a lot of people like that. And right. I think, I think one person at HBO Max didn't like that. I was yeah. like, oh, oh, is that what happened? I yeah. really do. I think she had a big problem with, like, the call out that yeah. was involved in this character. And I was oh, saying, all right. Yeah. So I sold that show, didn't go. And then um, I was on Black Lady Sketch Show. How was that? It was cool. I was just an actor, which yeah. was fun for me. I had never gotten to be. Again, learning some chops. Yeah, just yeah. an actor on TV. That yeah. was like cool. Yeah. Just, I don't know. And even learning to be quiet, even like, because I'm also a writer, it yeah. was like learning to be like, no, I'm serving somebody else's vision right now. Yeah. In this case, I'm not a writer. Right. I'm an actor. It's a relief in a way. It was. Then you, all you have to struggle with is like, can I just suggest? Just, just, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but that was good because yeah. before that, I didn't really know how to shut the fuck up. Yeah. So it was actually good to uh-huh. learn how to do that. Oh, good. <laughs> and then um, and then the COVID happened. And uh, I was on a Warner Brothers lot. I had a meeting. I had a meeting there with a movie person. And then I ran into Pat, who I had called years ago about Abbott. And Pat and I ran into each other. He was like, hey, what are you doing right now? Yeah. I was like, um, nothing. I was like, Black Lace Sketch Show. But uh, that's it. And he's yeah. like, do you still want to do that show? You Remember the teacher show yeah. you told me about? I was like, oh, shit. I was like, honestly, yeah. Like, yeah. I love that idea. And yeah. they were like, so do we. And they were like, we actually are looking for something to put in our first position place. And I was like, well, that's tight. I just had a show that didn't go to HBO Max. I can work on another show. Yeah. And then, boom, then COVID happens. Everything shuts down. Black Lady Sketch Show shuts down. Yeah. They went back for their second season, but I didn't want to because I was afraid of COVID. Yeah. Like my cousin had died of COVID. I was like, I'm not. Oh, really? Going back. It was the first. They Black Lady Sketch Show was one. Yeah, they were one of the first shows to go back, and I was just like, I'm not doing it. Like you saw I, it. it. It hit your family. It hit my family. Yeah. It hit other families yeah. I knew. I was like, I don't. It doesn't. I don't care. You could yeah. pay me a million dollars, and I'm not. Yeah. Be the guinea, yeah. yeah, shit was real. So I didn't go back, but then that time, a lot of that time was spent working on Abbott. Like it was like, well, let's just work on this thing that we all think is the cool. pilot, the pilot, or yeah. the, or the uh, even the idea for the show. Uh-huh. And then we pitched it to WB. WB loved it, and then we pitched it to ABC. ABC loved it. There was a woman at ABC who I'd met, yeah, two years ago, uh-huh. who when I was selling the HBO Max show. Yeah. And ABC wanted to buy it, but I was like, this show is not for ABC. Yeah. But what I liked about her, her name was Erin, and she sold ABC to yeah. me. And I was like, I'm going to come back to you. And then we did for Abbott. And then uh, made the pilot. 
So you, they had a little bidding war or no? Yeah. Yeah. There's always a bidding war. I've never sold something and there hasn't been a bidding war. That's nice. Oh, is, is that not normal? <laughs> no. Sometimes you're like, you know, you pretend like there's a bidding war. <laughs> no, every time it's always been uh, CBS, ABC. Everybody and, wants you. Yeah, but then a lot of then sure, and then they yeah. don't make it. Yeah, so right. it would it never used to matter. I sure, was like I learned that fast. I was like, cool, bidding war is cute, but I actually want the yeah, show made. Right, and yeah. then you went with ABC. And I went with ABC, and that uh, and that is its home. Yeah, and that's its home. So you you sold the idea, you wrote the pilot, and they mm-hmm. said go. Did you have to shoot a pilot, or did you just go right into writing episodes? No, we shot we shot the pilot, yeah. and then we're picked. We were picked up okay. based off of that pilot, but. It was it was a it was a pilot we all everyone who got involved every, yep. everyone got really invested in this yep. pilot. Um, yeah, we got like I just wrote it, but the cast got super like this is what I want to do. They so loved it. They loved it. The, the because director, it's so I, I guess it's interesting to see a show that that is you know so capable of being big hearted. Yeah, but also the stories just can keep generating. The stories you generate, they got to be funny, like, you know, like people who... And kids. Yeah, and kids. Janelle, who is a stand-up, like, actually had this thing that she actually was going to get to be, like, real-life funny in, and people... I haven't seen Lisa Ann in a long time. I've known her forever. Lisa, and it was an opportunity for, like, when I saw Lisa audition, I was like, everyone who auditioned, I was like, oh, damn, this is it. Like, yeah. And it's a nice feeling to have that sure. and not feel like you're like, all right, I guess this person, yeah. like Lisa, I was like, I don't give a fuck. She is it. Like, yeah. she's it. The conversation's over. Right. I felt the same way about Janelle. I felt the same way about Chris Perfetti, which was hard because he was quite unknown. Quite unknown. And then the other, and then uh, Tyler, I haven't seen in years. Yeah, see, I had worked with Tyler on Black Lady Sketch Show, and I knew how good he was, and I knew what I kind of wrote that role completely with him in mind. Oh, that's good. And, and now, what about Cheryl Lee Ralph? Cheryl I mean, that was, was someone I just didn't think we could get, so she wasn't on my radar. I just. But you knew her. Yeah, but of I course. was like. It's weird who you find out you can get, right? I know. I was when, like, when I was doing my show, they'd show these these pictures. I'm like that guy, that, right? <laughs> What? How? Yeah, but then you realize, like, they're just working actors. They're just working actors. It's, it's an true. amazing realization to have. It is. It really is. I've had it with people on the show that I'm like, wait, w- w-, like, or you grew up with them. Yes, Orlando yeah. Jones, who plays Tyler's dad in our show, was someone yeah. who I was like, wait, we can get physically have Orlando Jones. Right. <laughs> so it, well, the weird thing is, crazy. is like a lot of times after a certain point, actors think like, how long is it going to take? Yeah. You know, and where yeah. is it? Yeah, I and think can, like that now. Can, yeah, <laughs> can you can can I get my quote? Right, great. All right, cool. I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because when you really think about acting, and it's probably something you realize, it's sort of like that's really those are the questions. Yeah. Like when you're just watching actors, you're just sort of like, oh, it's magic land. Yeah. But usually they're making decisions on, will you fly me out? Yep. And uh, yep. Right, four days at this hotel. Right. And give me this money. Yeah. Okay. I'll good. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's me, kind of. The, right. The of easier, course. The better. People are all like. How'd you do? I'm like it. I don't. It worked out scheduling wise, and mm. uh, yeah, I'll show up. Right. If it's easy, yeah. you're not gonna make me look crazy, and have a good time with some people. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. So all of them were in the director. Who that was really important was the director. I knew. I really wanted someone who had done mockumentary before. Uh huh. And little did I know, we got like the godfather of it. This guy Randall Einhorn, who had done like the majority of The Office. Yeah. He went from being a DP on it to a yeah. like, lead director. Oh wow! So he really knew the, he the knew style. It. He knew the style. He started off Parks and Rec, and yeah. then he did. But the uh, his 
but then he also did Wilfred and like he, he just and he we only got him to direct but he literally fell in love with the show and helped design the warmth of the show and oh, the yeah. tone and so then Randall became an EP and he's our um, resident director and like everyone was falling in love with it so it, if it didn't go it was going to be like a real right a real sad <laughs> yeah so what were the you know going into it what were the the network concerns and what sort of navigating did you have to do around those concerns the concerns mainly were in casting like the network was used to having big 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 names and i really wanted people like janelle yeah. and chris yeah and uh you know even lisa wasn't right. like a huge name to them in a the network space but i was like this is who i want and yeah i'm kind of not budging right and they had the stunt casting they wanted to do. A lot of our fights were, um, which there were not many. Yeah, I mean it. Sure. They, I have to give ABC and WB total credit. They let me cook. I think they knew they needed something yeah. new, yeah. and they had to take a risk, and so they let me do that. But they liked stunt casting, and I really did. What does that mean? Stunt casting is like, oh, we have a firefighter role. Let's call Mark Marin. Yeah. And I was like, wait a hold on a second. Yeah. Is Mark right for the part? Are we going to waste oh, they just Mark want, Marin's time? They want to get stars who had a day or two stars. to come in. Yeah. But for me, especially because it was mockumentary for the first season, I was really against stunt casting. Too, right. Because they're too identifiable. Too identifiable. Right. I wanted, I needed, and especially for the main characters, there were people who they had in mind for eight principal Ava who I was like, no, yeah. it breaks the illusion. I want a face that most of America hasn't seen so that they get to fall in love mm. with the characters in a certain way. I was a new face to mm -hmm. America. Like, yeah. The internet might have known me, but not the ABC network audience. Right. Um, Cheryl, in a way, got to be a new face to yeah. this world. Tyler, because he was a kid last time he was right. on TV. Right. So it's weird. I kind of had this weird, fresh face cast. Yeah. Even though some of them were veterans and. Yeah. And I love that because I think that's important to mockumentary. I just do. If you're yeah. asking people to get involved in that way, it's important that they aren't seeing. I don't, you know, someone who they known forever. Right. Um, did they think? Did they feel that the show was accessible enough right from the beginning? They did. Oh, that's good. They did. I, but I also did my homework. I know what it takes to make a network television show. And what does half that mean? Of that, half of it is accessibility. Yeah. You're not, I'm not making an indie niche. Yeah. FX. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, HBO Max show. Yeah. It has to be accessible. This is the, the kind of show is. we grew up with. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. And yeah. I love that shit. That's the other difference, too, is it never was a hindrance for me. I love that. And that's yeah. what I wanted to make. Right. And in the room, my room is uh, filled with incredible writers. Yeah. A lot of time it's me being like, that's too niche. Like, oh, yeah. I need, we have to make that a broader. Bigger? Big, broader? We just do. Yeah. And, um, you know, naturally comics and comedy writers are against yeah. that. But I'm like, our job here is to make sure a grandma a white grandma in Kansas and a black internet child can laugh at this together. That yeah. is our goal. So if it's not, we have to make it broader. And it's room for the little jokes sure. for everybody in there. But overall, like, right. I stay away from a lot of uh, just niche, niche shit. Well, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, well, why do that? You got so much heart in, in mm -hmm. the spectrum of the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are people doing a noble thing, mm -hmm. an underappreciated thing, an mm -hmm. underpaid thing, mm -hmm. a heroic thing. Yeah. 
you know, which and and so you have the sympathy. Why push him away? Right. You have you know you have that connection. Yeah, and I I love that connection, and yeah. I love uh you know that I value that. I think it's beautiful and. Part of the reason I wanted to make a show like Abbott is because I can't watch too much TV with my parents. And Abbott's a show that, you know, I I was missing having those shows we could watch together. Yeah. The last show we could really watch together was King of Queens. Like, we'll watch right. that show and yeah. laugh all the live long day. But it wasn't, there weren't many shows coming out like that anymore. Sure. So I wanted to put something and you you did know, it. in that space. And, I and you won an Emmy. Yes. And that was exciting. Yeah. Good. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Do you feel like were how were you real uh were you upset about what Jimmy did? No. Okay, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was just a joke gone wrong a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. once again, being yeah. a stand-up and yeah, being in comedy, sure. that's a part of it. no. And also sure. I just wasn't there. I was on stage winning an Emmy. Yeah. When I tell you I didn't even see Jimmy laying there. Or, yeah. I mean or I mean you were I, so excited. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, my brain just moved on. I was yeah, like, yeah. I have to give this little speech, but no. And I talked to Jimmy that night. When my PR told me people were mad, I was like, yeah. wait, really? Like, I didn't know. Yeah. She was trying to prepare me, like, yeah. you're going to get asked a question about this. And I was like, a question about what? <laughs> and she showed me, and I was like, oh, shit, people are, like, legit mad. And yeah. so I answered the little question in a funny way because I didn't know how mad they were. Yeah. Then I saw Jimmy after, and me and him talked, and he was like, did you see, like, the internet? I was like, yeah. I was like, that's crazy. He was like, are you okay? I was like, I'm good. He was like, oh, okay, because I didn't mean, I was like, Jimmy, what are you, like, I'm <laughs> yeah, really trying to go yeah. to the... And then we took a little joke picture. Yeah. And I enjoyed the rest of my night. And then in the morning, I woke up and, like, saw that people were really fucking mad. Yeah. And I was just like, damn. Right. But I I was like, okay, like, I guess it looked to them at home Disrespectful. a different way than yeah. it felt sure. for On me stage. in the moment in right. the room. But that was kind of my, I've had that lesson many times, but another lesson in yeah. that the narrative that, you know, the world may have about your experience is not the same as right. your experience. Sure. And, and you have to deal with both of those things at the same time. I'm like, all right, I get that people were mad. Yeah. All but right. I wasn't. I wasn't. And no, both those things are true. Right. So, and that sure. was it. And Interesting. So I kind of have to hold space for both. <laughs> right. People still come up to me and they're like, fuck Jimmy. And I'm like, oh, well. Okay. Well, I mean, like, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. That, that, it doesn't mean that what they experienced is wrong. Exactly. I get it. Because yeah. that's what it looked like. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And, and you know, okay, you guys are friends or whatever, but still, right? And ain't nothing I could do about that. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, true. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, all right. So do you feel has is do you feel the pressure on now, or are you all right? No. Yeah, you're just doing the job. It, I feel like I'm supposed to say this. Let me think of a nice way to say it. Mm -hmm. Like, we didn't make the first season of Abbott four awards or anything you right know, like uh we didn't we really just wanted to make a, for a show for yeah. people to enjoy yeah my goal was to make a good comedy that was the focus and so the awards and stuff are just a plus but i think not worrying about them didn't put much per honestly i was afraid of winning that's yeah. when i was like well fuck like yeah. i was gonna feel fucked if we won like best comedy yeah that was gonna be all like i kept talking to my writers and like my cast about it and i was like i do not want to win i want to have room to make a second season what was it for what was it the for? emmy for miami was for writing oh good and then cheryl cheryl won oh, for oh, best great, supporting great. and then our casting department won an emmy oh so that's good those are the good ones yeah <laughs> <laughs> writing oh, yeah. was tight that made yeah. me feel very 
yeah. validated because yeah. at the end of the day, yeah, I personally feel I wrote the hell out of that pilot yeah. and I felt good to earn that one. Yeah. But best comedy to me was going to be like, I almost going to feel like, okay, y'all are actually trying to shoot us in the foot if we were to win that one. Right. And I'm happy we did. It was an honor to be nominated. Sure. But I did not want to win. Nobody was happier than me when Ted Lasso won. I was like, you know what? Yes, turn it up. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you finding that your generation is being represented in a way that you're getting feedback from? They are getting older, like we said at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Do you find that a lot of your audience is in that age group? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but my niece, who is 15, yeah, uh, she showed me something yeah. on TikTok, and yeah. I was like, oh, that's cool. I was like, uh, we're on TikTok? And she was like, Quinta, <laughs> I'm not on TikTok. That's where I drew the line. I yeah. was like, I refuse to get on that. I refuse yeah. to learn about yeah. it. I am happily old now. Please, yeah. I don't want any parts of that. I just have some guy do it for me. What do you mean? Oh, he does the TikToks for you? Well, yeah, I generally, occasionally I'll do a little thing with a cat, but usually they just cut up pieces of stand-up. And I'm like, well, fuck it. I mean, See, that's good. Yeah. But that's you doing your craft and its intended medium. Yeah. And and that's why I'm okay with it with Abbott. I'm like, Abbott goes to ABC first. Whatever y'all do with it after is fine by me. But yeah, like TikTok. But she said it's on there. Yeah, and she showed me, and I was like, oh my God, holy shit. People are acting it out and stuff? They love it. They they you know they just post clips of watching it and like talking about the show and i'm like damn that's really tight but then i go back to when i was younger and watching tv shows and you know and just being a kid and yeah. working in it and not being cynical about it and yeah. just enjoying this sh- you know well show. i think the genius of it is is that like you know most of us go to public school mm-hmm. right so the the context mm-hmm. it's 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 almost second it's our nature yeah so it, mm-hmm. it's going to be a place of arrival or a place where people have been. Mm-hmm. Everybody, mm-hmm. they remember those rooms. So I mean, mm-hmm. I imagine that attention to detail mm-hmm. about how that school look mm-hmm. had to be pretty in, important. Very important. I was, I was very uh, precious about the look of that school and down to the amount of dirt on the walls. So I was like, this needs to be. These are stains that can't be lifted mm. because they've been here right. since the school's inception, yeah. and no cleaning job in the world can get away. Right. Can you know yeah. take a forty-year-old stain yeah. out and a certain warmth, which Randall really helped with. You know, we were making a mockumentary, and we knew we get compared to The Office mm-hmm. and Parks and Rec, but in our world, the paper is kids, which is a different. The, the Office has a very drab feel. Mm-hmm. This couldn't have that because yeah. there are living, breathing things that people are taking care of. So the tone of the show became important to me. The when we we shot in a real school in L.A., but when we recreated it, it was like I still need the length of that hallway though. Like yeah. that's important to the story. It's where a lot of the gathering will be done, a lot yeah. of the talking. Uh-huh. It's our besides the teachers' lounge. That's our teachers. Um, Right. Space that's where everyone kind of meets. And yeah. And, it, and even though it's mundane, it, the audience needs to feel like they're in there, too. So it needs to be big enough for the audience right. to feel. And like again, we've all been in those hallways. You've been in those hallways. And this was a return to them. Uh-huh. I think the unique thing about Abbott was that, you know, a lot of the schools and shows were focused on either the kids or sorry, shows and schools were focused on the kids or they had these this altruist, altruistic relationship with the teachers yeah. like you know it was like oh the teachers it's about helping the kids this show is about the teachers who have lives you know right. and, and this is the job that they do but 
it's kind of the behind the scenes of your teachers. And also, that's another thing. When we were younger, mm-hmm. when you find out, when you just got a little information about your teacher's mm-hmm. life, you're right. like, oh, my, oh my God. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. She was just out there in the, in her car at the supermarket. Oh, my God. It's crazy. I remember in yeah. eighth grade, uh, the the girls had a, t- a crush on one teacher, yeah. Mr. Scavage. And they, because you're a little girl, so they form this crush and they form the ability, the possibility of relationship yeah. with them and Mr. Scavage. And one day, Mr. Scavage's girlfriend, they saw him outside with it. Yeah. And all these eighth grade girls are like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> 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 you don't look at them that as people. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but they have full-blown lives. Yeah, it's and, wild. Uh, yeah, which, so I think that's all. And I think that probably bad. on some level remains... A kind of mysterious trip, man. Like, I don't know that I would identify it when I was watching it, but that, because I'm grown up and you Mm kind of know people who are teachers, but it was heavy (laughs) when you're a kid. Yeah. When you saw just, just even if they're at the store. Yeah. Like, what? what? (laughs) You have to say, don't you go to sleep at the school and then wake up and then teach me? And And you don't even know what to say to them. Right. You know? Why are you in the school? (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny. These clothes you're wearing. Yeah. Well, great job. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Seriously. Mark. Thank and, you. And uh, it's good talking to you. Yeah, this was fun. Oh, good. I'm glad it worked out. It did. I'm getting uh, better at podcasts. You are. Thank you. Right? What an impressive individual. Abbott Elementary is currently in season two on ABC. Watch past episodes on Hulu. And please hang out for a second, will you? Okay, today... For today's archive show, I recommend listening to episode 798 with filmmaker Raul Peck. So, as I said before, you know, look, we're living in a shitty country right now. We really are. And the fact is we're accepting bread. We're just accepting crumbs of faith, crumbs of hope, because it didn't go as bad as we thought it would go. Even though it was a bad night for Republicans, there's so much damage done. You know, and so what do you do about that? At some point, you know, hand wringing and dread, as I said before, it doesn't get you anywhere. How do we learn to live within it and still take the action necessary to try and change it without panic, without freaking out, without being terrified all the time? So Raul was here to talk about the documentary he made about James Baldwin. I'm not your Negro. It was February 2017. So we're only about a month into the Trump administration. Trump had already tried to implement the Muslim ban right away. Every day there was chaos and antagonism from the White House. It was all feeling very unstable and out of control. And Raul had some good perspectives on this. He lived under dictatorships. He served in the government of Haiti. And he learned how to engage activism through art. What do we do? You know, we cannot pretend to be innocent. There is, we are not in an innocent time anymore. You know, we know all we need to know, whoever or, or we are, black or white or Chinese, Native American women, we know our history. If, if we don't, that's the other line, we are moral monster because we cannot pretend 2017 that we still don't know how the world is run, that we don't know our history, that we don't know that this country was built on two genocide and that we need to deal with it. It's not about punishment. It's not a, about re, re, reparation. It's about knowing. 
because knowing is already is the beginning of change. Knowing in moral terms. And in moral terms and also in reality. Yeah. Knowing the facts. Right. Knowing the numbers. You know, when you say let's make America great again, what does it mean? In that sentence alone, there are at least 20 mistakes. 20 mistakes. And of course, you don't have the time to rebute every single piece of that phrase, which doesn't make sense, which is idiotic and and a manifest of ignorance. And not only that, of ignorance, but he takes you for an ignorant. And that's terrible. 2017, to be able to say a phrase like that is to erase the history of America and the influence of America throughout the world. You know, in bad and good times. You know, what does it mean? It means nothing. That talk brought me a lot of relief at the time. And we heard from a lot of listeners that it did the same for them. I think it's just as relevant today. So give it a listen. Episode 798 with Raul Peck. It's available for free in all podcast apps. Okay, tonight I'm doing a secret show that's not secret anymore. It wasn't secret. I'm in Largo in Los Angeles at 8 p.m. I'm in Long Beach, California at the Carpenter Performing Arts Center this Saturday, November 12th. I'm bringing Luke Schwartz with me. I had no idea that that show would sell so well. I mean, it's going to be a real show. Eugene, Oregon at the Holt Center for the Performing Arts on Friday, November 18th. Bend, Oregon at the Tower Theater on Sunday, November 19th. Asheville, North Carolina at the Orange Peel for two shows on Friday, December 2nd. And then Nashville, Tennessee. I'm at the James K. Polk Center on Saturday, December 3rd. And my HBO special taping is at Town Hall in New York City on Thursday, December 8th. Go to WTFPod.com slash tour for all dates and ticket info. Okay? All right. That was tight. Here's some guitar. Tight.
Boomer lives. Monkey and La Fonda. Cat angels everywhere. All right, now.